You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. We're on a year-long series. Does anybody remember what it's called? Real life, because we're talking about real life issues. The goal of this, and I believe this is a God-given goal, is everything that we teach about is to help you, but then also to help you to help other people. And I want you to hear with that kind of approach tonight, with those kind of ears, that I want help. Don't You don't have to hide. You know, sometimes religion and faith and everything else, we feel like we have to have it all together. Well, guess what? We all know you don't, and I don't, you know? Um, but we're in process. We're in training. God is helping us. We're making progress. Uh, but don't hide. That's wrong because you, you deny the power of God. You deny the help of God and the grace of God. Humility releases grace. All of us need help. And maybe some of the, the topics that, that we will uh, approach on Wednesday nights, maybe you're good in those areas. Well, that's good then. Thank God for that. Fortify that area of your life. But then take it to heart so that you can help others. Because, you know, our, our greatest goal, if you'll remember from Sunday mornings, is to be a blessing. Not just to be blessed. Not to just have it together. It helps some other people to get it together and to be used of God. Let that be your heart. Okay? That's the goal of being a follower of Jesus is I want to help somebody. You know, some people, no wonder we watch... People in Hollywood and sports and stuff, they got all kinds of money, all kinds of fame, all kinds of power, and they're just so empty. And they go home at the end of the day, and why are they so empty? I'm going to submit a couple reasons. One is they're living beyond their capacity, their character capacity. You can only have so much of power and recognition and, and money and things like that before you'll go goofy. But the other thing is, if you are not actively involved in something that's helping somebody else, at the end of the day, you feel like, what is that? And so that's why we're watching entertainers get more and more bizarre and more and more crazy and extreme things in sports and different things because we've got to get a, a greater rush. We've got to get a greater high. But the, but the downside of that that people don't even realize is what goes up must come down. And um, it's huge. It's huge. So we're talking absolutely about real life. Here's the great thing about real life. We have a real God who has some real power and is able to help us with anything. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, two times ago that I taught, I began teaching on depression, dealing with depression. And um, I then, and I want you to go back in the archives and, and look at those things. I'll touch on a few things to review but I want to get into some other areas that are going to help us concerning this. So um, there are different levels, different causes, different cures for depression. Uh, there's different levels of severity. Uh, everything from you just feel a little pressed down uh, to squished. You know, um, pressed down to shut down. Uh, duration. Sometimes, you know, maybe it's just um, part of your morning or something to others that maybe have gone months, even years. Um, so you have these differences of severity and duration. The thing is, we have to, we have to go after this. This is something we've been redeemed from. I said, this is something we've been redeemed from. 
Some of the causes, there are natural causes, there are spiritual causes, there are chemical causes, there are relational causes, there are circumstantial causes. There's all kinds of things that affect us in this way. In Psalm 42, verse 5, here's David. David, who had a heart after God, King David. He messed up. Yeah, he messed up. But David did some incredible, incredible things for God. God used him in a mighty way. And, uh, you know, people still name their kids David. Okay. Uh, anyway, I'll keep going. People don't name their kids Caesar. They name birds and dogs Caesar, you know, but we don't, we don't, we don't name. Anyway, if your name's Caesar here tonight, sorry. (laughs) David said, and watch this carefully here. And will you do that? I mean, the Holy Spirit's been doing that to me lately to make sure I'm reading carefully. Take your time. Big key to Bible interpretation. Read slow. Just read slow. Chew your food. Okay. David says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Now, David is asking himself. He's talking to himself. He's asking himself, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling this way? Now, let me cut to this point here. Everybody, say everybody. Everybody deals with depression on one level or another from time to time. Okay, go ahead and relax, everybody. We all, everybody, some not much at all. Um, Some just periodic or seasonal almost. Some, some have to fight it all the time. And, but you need to know this, that you're among fellow believers and fellow humans, fellow people who are traveling on this planet. And everybody deals with that on some level from time to time. Here's the thing though, deal with it, deal with it. Everybody deals with it. Let's make sure that we are in fact dealing with it. And that's what I'm trying to do with this is to help us to do that. David asked himself, why are you feeling this way? Why are you cast down on my soul? And that word cast down means to sink down in a state of depression and disquiet. It has to do with there's distortion within me. There's, there's noise inside. And he said, what's going on with this? What? And, and here's a huge key here. He steps up and and confronts it. He contests it. He contends with it. He challenges it. Do you know what far too many people do? Just accept it. They say, well, well, today I'm this way. Don't. Listen, anything that you're redeemed from, don't give in to. You may have a long fight with it, but don't give in to it. Okay? Anything that we're redeemed from. So David is stepping up and he's confronting it. Remember it? And I don't remember the exact illustration I used, but if you walked out in your living room tomorrow morning and there's three weird people sitting in your living room that you, that you don't know. I know I gave somebody bad dreams over, over, over that. But would you just go, oh, want part of my pop tart? Would you do that? You'd start out with, uh, and who are you? And why are you here? 
Are, y- are y'all hearing me? I mean, you wouldn't just let that go. You know, if you lived on a farm and you got up in the morning, and there are all kinds of pigs in your living room, just and some cows and stuff. You wouldn't go. I guess it just goes with being a farmer. No, you'd be tanning some hide, wouldn't you? You'd holler and making some noise. But you know what? We have this enemy that comes that shuts down your creativity, shuts down your joy, compromises your relationships, your confidence and everything else. And we just kind of, that's just the way I am. And you need to step up like David did and contend with it and confront it and, and, and question it. You know, you need to get into a habit and a pattern of when you're not feeling uh, within a certain range. Now, and you're not, listen to me, you're not every day going to be Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Joy B. You know, you just, you know, you're not, you know, you're going to live within this. There's a gentle role there should be of your life. There should not be this. Zip, zip, don't live that way. If you're living that way after service, we need to pray for you and. Set you up. Don't, don't do it. And you're going to drive people around you. Absolutely nuts. They go, there they go again. Yeah. You know, and, and when you live that way, nobody believes a thing you say. And there should be like this gentle role. There should be stability in our life. It's not, not just this, you know, you're not flatlining. There, there is a role in your emotions. And there's sometimes where you weep. And there's times that you grieve and there's times that you mourn. And there's sometimes you voluntarily do those things because someone else is. Because we as believers in the family of God, and the body of Christ, we weep with those who weep. You know, and, and, and sometimes we fail to grieve over some things that you actually should grieve. So you can start to process and get away from some things. So I'm not saying that you have to all the time. You know, it's not even real, but you need to question and contend when you get, get used to what that feels like. Go, no, this, no, 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 this is not right. No, this, this depression, I'm redeemed from depression. What is this? What is this? And start to locate what that is. Cause sometimes it's stress or it's something unresolved or, um, it's chemical sometimes, or, um, you know, I've been real upset about that or, or whatever. And you need to kind of process that and get yourself back up into a buoyant place. We don't live underwater. Okay. We've got to get back up and, and float again. Y'all with me so far? Okay. Now. Let me keep going because I, I want to get into um, where we're headed here. Remember, realize here that David asked his soul. He asked his soul. Why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. The soul is the seed of your will, your intellect, and your emotions. Depression is something that you feel. You feel. And so that's in the soul. So he's addressing the soul. It's so important how you take care of your soul. And we're going to be talking more and more about that. Uh, one of the things to do that David did is self-talk. Did you know it's okay to talk to yourself? I used to say, but not argue, but actually, yeah, it's okay to argue. Sometimes you got to tell yourself what for, okay? Uh, but scripture in several places, Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's commanding his soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 116, verse 7. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. I love that passage. 
I love that passage. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. If you can just remember that, you know what? I, my soul can return to a place of rest because the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. Has the Lord dealt bountifully with you? He has, whether you realize it or answered or not, he has dealt bountifully with you. And if you'll be aware of that, your soul can return back to a place of rest. Amen. All right. Um, there's other review that I could do, but I need to get ahead to some, some other things here, um, tonight, um, to deal with depression. Let me just go ahead and write this out here. You must be productive and fruitful, productive and fruitful. It's really what is called the Genesis mandate. We see in Genesis one, verse 28, that you say me, because we're mankind are to be fruitful and multiply. And that mandate is on who? It's on all of us. It's on all of us that we are to be fruitful and multiply. We are to be productive and fruitful. If you're not, you open yourself up a little bit. Let me caution and everybody pay attention to this. When you come to the end of a project, the end of a season, uh, maybe you enter retirement, caution, 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 or maybe you're unemployed, you're between jobs or something. Be careful because when you ever fall into a zone where you're not productive and fruitful, you're very subject to depression. A lot of times when people would lose a job, the unemployment or whatever, they're not productive at that point. They don't feel productive and they will, they are more subject to depression. When people retire and those of you that are retired, please hear this, get productive, be fruitful. And I'll give you some other things here in a moment. It is so important. You're made to be that way. You were designed to be that way, to be productive and fruitful. And when you're not, then things tend to get pressed down on the inside. So it's a dangerous thing. It would be very important that you find a place to serve, find a way to serve. Church is, is God's plan A. There's a great way here, but there's parachurch ministries that are helping to feed people and do different things. And, and you've got to find maybe in your community, there's something going on. There's so many ways that you could serve. Uh, Matthew 25 Verse 21 says, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the what? Into the joy of your Lord. And this is my takeaway. This is, uh, I think I coined this. It doesn't really matter. But the joy is in serving. If you really want joy in your life. And you, there's several, uh, several avenues, aspects where you can gain joy. But one of the greatest ones is to serve. When you serve, there will be joy in that. And when you serve the Lord, there will be joy in that. Serve the Lord with gladness. When you serve and you're faithful in serving, you can enter into the joy of the Lord. And so everybody needs to serve. I don't care who you are. You can be CEO of something. You need to do something where you serve somebody. You can be the president or whatever, but you need to do something where you're serving somebody. There's got to be a way where you go and you serve, where you, where you take up the towel, so to speak, because none of us are greater than our master. 
And our master said, this is what the kingdom is all about. It's about serving. It's about serving. It's about serving. And there are a million ways. Well, not a million, but uh, there's hundreds of ways, I'm sure, here in the church that you could serve. You know, and, and all over the place. I mean, be creative. Ask God to help you. Don't, don't sign up for everything everywhere. Okay, I can't, I can't do that today because I'm doing this. I'm doing, and, you get, and then you're going to end up depressed. All right. Let me throw this into your job. Your job may or may not provide joy, fulfillment, and satisfac- satisfaction for you. Okay. Your job is not necessarily designed. You know, when you signed up for the job and they hired you and all the requirements, you know, part of your benefits thing was, it did not say joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment. (laughs) Pretty much it was, all right, you do this job. Can you do it? Yeah, I can do that. All right, we'll pay you this much. Can you show up here? When can you start? And and, And you do all that. And that's pretty much that. So most jobs are not really designed to provide joy fulfillment, satisfaction for you. And, and so if you're expecting that, no wonder you're doubly frustrated. Okay. But if you'll go ahead and understand, no, my job is so I can do this, do this and bring home paycheck so I can pay for this and do that and give to God and follow me. So what do I do then about joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment? Serve, serve. But you've got to be productive. You've got to be fruitful and it will help you. Stagnation. I talked about this on Sunday. Stagnation does not produce joy, but rather it produces weakness. But growth and progress, serving, being productive, being fruitful, that produces joy. And so always do this too. Be a lifelong learner. Learn a new skill. Start taking lessons. Start taking a class. Learn something. You know, don't just get stuck. Please don't get stuck. I mean, for your sake. I mean, learn something new. I mean, read a book. Take some lessons. You know, and I'm at a place where I want to take lessons and stuff, but I don't want to do anything where there's a point of no return. So I don't want to go too deep in the ocean. I don't want to go too high in the sky. Okay. And when I ziplined on vacation, I was strapped in. Okay. Okay. Now. But do that as well. Now, under productive and fruitful, laziness is a problem. Now, lazy people would never show up on Wednesday. Okay? So you can pass this on to your lazy friends. Uh, All right. Laziness invites and increases depression and loss. Proverbs 13.4 says, The soul of a lazy man desires or craves and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. If you read the Proverbs and I recommend you do read one a day today was what the sixth, you should read Proverbs six six, and tomorrow's the seventh, seventh. It's cool how it works out that way. And, um, read that, but you're going to constantly see comparisons. And there, it says a lot about the lazy and the lazy life does not come together for them. Life does not come together and they're going to end up uh, depressed. Plus it also invites destruction into their life. In Proverbs 24, verse 30 through 34, it says, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was all. And and what's the symbolism here? It was all overgrown with thorns. 
Its surface was covered with nettles or briars. Its stone wall was broken down. Anytime you see wall, especially in the, in the Old Testament Hebrew, it's symbolic of your life. It's symbolic of your life. And it's stone wall, which means what? At once it was strong. And once it was put together on purpose, its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. Watch this. A little slumber, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. And what happens when we're lazy, there's a place for vacation. There's a place to rest. There's a place to nap. There's, there's a place to do those kind of things. Okay. I get up so early in the morning. I pretty much need a nap in the, in the afternoon. I don't feel guilty one bit, but, but I can get 20 minutes and I'm like, you know, it's like the quick charge. I'm back. You know, uh, some of y'all get your nap here. Uh, uh, but anyway. Here we go. Uh, but when you're lazy and, and the, the generation, younger generation right now, y'all need to make sure you don't get AM and PM mixed up. Okay. Just want to throw that in. Um, wow. I'm way out here tonight. Uh, but when you're lazy, you invite Depression and you invite destruction and loss into your life. So it's a very, very important thing. If you want one of the ways to overcome uh, depression and to avoid depression is to stay productive and stay fruitful and be involved in good things. And the involvement thing is a big thing because that causes you to operate spirit, soul, and body. And it will keep you going, keep you buoyant, and keep you away from depression. Amen. All right. This next thing is huge. I'm just going to introduce it to you tonight because we may come back later in the fall and do some more on this roles. Everybody say roles. All right. Let me, let me, uh, illustrate what I mean. Let me tell you some of my roles. Okay. My first primary role is I'm a a child of God and then I'm a husband and I'm a father and I'm a pastor and I'm a boss and I'm a friend and I'm a neighbor and we just had family reunion and I'm a brother and I'm a son and I'm a grandfather and you have all these roles that, and, and you need to think about those roles with that being said, listen to this, you must stay. And and later on, I can give you the benefit of some of the research and so forth behind this. You must stay involved. Hear this, hear this, hear this. You must stay involved in at least four of your roles every week, at least minimum four of your roles every week. Okay. Because, because you following with me, how many, at least, at least four every week, because listen to this. Burnout and depression occur when you are only focused on one or two roles. If I only focus on one or two of my roles, I'll get burned out and I'll get depressed. If you only focus on one or two of your roles, you'll get burned out and you'll get depressed and you will ruin other roles. See, if you only do your job, 
Okay, if you only if you get stuck in one or two roles, you're going it's going to be to the detriment of some other roles. So when you're in a role and you need to be very intentional about this, you know, um, this afternoon and and I I had pretty full day today, but Gabriel, my 11 year old, we've been having Nerf gun wars. Okay, and for those of you that are worried about that, it's sponge. Okay, and uh, we're not promoting violence or anything else. Me and my son are having a blast, okay? And it's competitive and fun, and he's beat me like six times in a row. But uh, I'm standing in the kitchen getting a drink of water, and all of a sudden, right behind my right ear, boom. <laughs> he's standing there, he's got a vest on, he's got goggles. <laughs> he's got extra clips for his little Nerf gun. He's just standing there. And I look at him and, and I thought, all right. And I said, it's on. <laughs> and he said, can you please play just to two? And I said, no, 10. <laughs> because listen, once you get into a role, don't tease people like that. Okay. I can't go, okay, son, let's play ball and throw the ball twice. You, you hear me? Because you might as well not have played. It probably would have been better that you didn't. So we, we played two games to ten. I can tell you all about the games later. I lost both. <laughs> but wherever you are, be all there. Let me say it again. Wherever you are, be all there. So when I'm being a uh, husband, I better be all there. When I'm being grandpa, I, I assure you, I'm all there. Um, if I'm being father, if I'm being pastor, if I'm in my role and see, you see me for a few minutes here, but I labor for hours because this has to be right and this has to be real and accurate. Okay. And so when I'm there, I better be all there, better be all there. And so whatever role you're in and listen to me, let me just go back on this. You need to. Be involved in at least four of your roles every week. Because if you only get stuck in one or two of your roles, you're going to get flat-sided. You're going to start to burn out and you'll experience depression. There are people that are just married to their job or married to their hobby or whatever it would be. And they just get locked in in just those one or two lanes. And you've got to pop out of those lanes. Or I'm telling you what, you're destroying other things around you. And you're hurting yourself. You're going to be wearing flat sides on your, on your emotions and on, on your whole psyche, everything about you. And so it's important that we expand in those roles. I'm telling you what, variety and margin make you healthy. Did you hear that? Variety and margin make you healthy. And you need to allow yourself and force yourself to get in these other roles. Get in these roles. Look people in the eye. Put some effort in it. And wherever you are, be all there. Can I get an amen at anybody tonight? Super important. We'll go back on some of that a little bit later. I want to go to one other thing before we finish tonight. And I'm going to call it entering... And leaving. This too is huge. What am I talking about here? Well, this is a principle that affects everything. Okay. Let me, let me give you this principle. I learned this principle probably 
25 years ago from Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole. How you leave affects how you enter. If you leave one room of your house mad, you will enter the next room mad or disingenuous, but still mad. Okay. How you leave affects how you enter. That's why we as a staff, we work hard and try to think and try to do a whole lot of things that probably don't even occur to you. So that when you leave, I want you to leave feeling like you got helped. I want you to leave feeling good. Why? Well, because we want you helped. But also so that you come back. But if you leave, if I yell at you the whole time, listen, you dirty sinners. (laughs) Hey, I've been to churches where I got yelled at the whole time. I get yelled at enough at home and school. Go to church to get yelled at. Do you know why people... Historically, do you know why there was such loud yelling preaching? Because, you ready? They did not have sound systems. And there got to be a tradition. We just brought it over. And you know what? Most people start to roll their windows up, you know, with when we get yelled at. But if I yell at you and if it's hot in here, if it's dirty and it smells like feet. We're mean to your kids and stuff's missing out of the diaper bag when you leave. We have no lines in the parking lot. It's just to just have at it. You know, cars are broken. Cars are missing. Potholes, dead plants, vines all over the place. I get up here. I'm not prepared. I wear ugly jackets instead of cool ones. That's a cool one. I want to let you know. That's a cool one. Half the lights are blown out. What does that say? It says a whole lot. And if we mistreat you and tell you all kinds of opinion and then take five offerings. <laughs> and beat you after each one, you know, and, and do all this, you know, how you leave is going to affect how you enter. Have you ever been to a restaurant and there's just one too many critters in your food? Or someone was rude to you. Come on, you with me? Okay. So this principle affects every area of life. But what I want to apply it to right now is your days. Your days. Your days and your nights. You cannot, listen to me. And I'm going to wrap this up in just a few moments here. You cannot be haphazard about how you enter and how you leave. Your days and your nights. Are you hearing me? A big principle. And it's a very minimum First and final 15, your first 15 minutes of the day. What is that? That's your entrance. That's your conscious entrance into the day. Go to God, talk to God, listen to God, say something to God. Thank him. I made it. About a million people don't make it every night worldwide. You made it, (laughs) made it new day and his mercies are new every morning. He has something to say to you. He wants to use you today. He wants to bless you today. The sun came up again. What does that mean? All his covenants are still in place. And you wake up 
Don't you just haphazardly go into your day and turn on some stupid TV, whatever. Good morning, God. You with me? And all those things have their place. All those things have their place. But start with God. And then don't end your night with some disrespectful comic, junk food, a computer screen that's so bright that actually is telling your brain, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And y'all are finishing Facebook at two in the morning. And you go lay down. I can't sleep. So then you got to dope yourself somehow to sleep. The other night, my wife and I were riding in our Jeep. We had the top down and it's my favorite time of the day. The sun's going down and the sky changes. And this is by the design of God. He does all things well. It gets cooler. The colors are fabulous. He paints something new and different every night in the sky. And his original design was he's tucking you in. He was tucking you in. He, your, your hard day at work and everything else, because you're supposed to work hard. You're supposed to be productive and fruitful. He's tucking you in. He does things. The light, the colors, the temperature, all those things start to just calm you down. And what do we do? It's time to do something. <laughs> and I know that's going to require breaking some habits for a lot of folks, but you know what? You're going to have to end your day a little bit better. And I'm not saying you got to go to bed at sundown, okay? Although sometimes I wish I could. But you know what? You cannot haphazardly go into your night. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, on your wrath. That's a broken window for the devil to just come in and wreak havoc in your emotions. Don't be arguing with folks. Don't be stressed about things. It is, it is vain for you to toil and stay up late and eat the bread of sorrows. Because he gives his beloved sweet sleep. So you cannot be haphazard. Listen to me. You cannot be haphazard about how you start your day and how you end your day. Because I promise you, you will leave yourself so jagged, so wide open, so vulnerable. Depression will be a regular part of your life. It'll be a regular part of your life. And so please be intentional about this. God teach us to number our days, to make them count. Ephesians tells us this. Uh, Let me read this to you real quick. Pastor John, you can come. Ephesians 5.16 says, uh, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I want to read it again and then I'm going to make a statement. Redeeming the time because the days are evil, which literally is saying this. If you don't redeem the time, your day will be evil. You've got to buy up the opportunities. You've got to make this count. You've got to do this in a right way. We cannot just live this rat race pace. We cannot just, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. Get some self-control. Because if you don't have self-control, it's like all your walls, doors, and windows busted out. And you will. I promise you. One of the things you'll be dealing with will be depression. Let's be intentional about how we enter. Now we're closer to leaving now at night. You're going to go to bed. Now I'm not giving you a bedtime. Okay. I'm not going to be religious and set, you know, real Christians should be in bed by quarter to eight. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You've got to find out what works for you, but will you please, please enjoy what you need to enjoy, but guard yourself, guard your soul, guard your eyes. 
And be intentional about how you end that day. Be very intentional how you end it. End your day thanking God. End your day with a promise out of the Psalms. Read some godly book. You know, get into a habit of just reading a couple paragraphs or so. Read the Psalms. They bring comfort back to you. Take some time and just thank God. And more than three things at night. Push yourself. I'm sure you can come up with five or ten of things that God has done for you. And end your day thanking him for sweet sleep. And then I can lie down unafraid. And no evil shall befall me. And I'll wake up in the morning because you will have sustained me. And you bless me in my sleep. And you surround me with favor. My family is covered. I'm in a bed. I have a pillow. I have a blanket. If I need water, I can go get water. I have a roof over my head. I have a family that loves me and I love around me. And thank him for those things. That's way better than, you know, some late night comedian and some disrespectful whatever. And that's the last thing you do. And then, and then you argue with somebody or post some weird something on Facebook. And all right, here I go. And then you wake up in the morning. Oh, no, I'm late and I feel crummy. And, you know, and then you eat junk and then you run out or you don't eat at all. You know? We can do a better job of this. Guard your soul. Guard yourself. Enter and leave in the presence of God. Your days are going to be entirely different. You're going to sleep a whole lot better too. And you'll be easier to be around. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? Thank you, Lord.